What should I call you, Tony the Beat? Oh, or just uh, whatever. I don't know. I just use the beat because even even that he says don't use Tony Garcia because it's stupid. Use just like your <laughs> your last name is little. dumb. But a lot of people call me the beat. I think it's because I'm always listening to music and I'm always just oh your head bopping. Welcome to Conversation on Tap, a new podcast that seeks to promote intelligent dialogue in an age of echo chambers and self-segregation. Pull up a stool, pour a glass of tasty beer, and join us each week as we talk about all the topics that you were told not to discuss in polite company. My name is Jose, and I'm here with Tony the Beat of the Spread Hope Like Fire podcast. Um, This week, we are going to discuss mental health issues um, but first, I kind of want to get to know Mr. Beat, Mr. The Beat. Mr. The Beat. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about who you are and about your podcast. Okay, so I'm Tony. Um, I started my podcast uh, about a month and a half ago. And I started it because I suffer from mental health disorders. And I suffer from general anxiety disorder. And then I suffer from, which rolls into depression. Uh-huh. So I'll have like really bad bouts of it. And... Me and my buddy were talking about his depression at one point, and he said, well, you've had this for so long since you were a kid, mm-hmm. so it's probably progressing and getting worse. And I sat and thought about it, and I said, no. I said, it's been this way my entire life, and um, it's just getting harder to hide. And I said, and I shouldn't have to hide it. Right, right. And so, and I'm going to school for uh, marriage and family therapy to become a psychologist. So it's kind of like I started thinking about it and I wanted to start something to build a community so people could get more information on mental health Uh and destigmatize what mental health really is. Because, like, you throw out words like schizophrenic or. Um, bipolar, and what comes to mind? Oh, you're probably gonna get, they're probably gonna kill you, right? There's all these negative stereotypes, or I guess. Um, so yes, yeah. stigmas. Yeah. So, oh, I started it to destigmatize mental health, but now it's kind of just rolling into just life. Uh-huh. It's like gr- I've done grief, I've done trauma, I've had friend a friend on that did uh, interview about the route route ninety one. Route ninety one. Yeah. Yeah, and her. That was Michelle, right? Yeah, Michelle came on and did a podcast with me about her recovery of that and what she went through that night and how she's recovering from it. Mm-hmm. Then I had a friend come on and do one about the loss of her mom with um, she had breast cancer and kind of watched her deteriorate and pass away. So yeah. uh, I'm chugging along, I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. I'm glad you're on the show. Our regular uh, co-host Joel is unavailable. He's uh, in Hawaii. He's on vacation. So I'm solo in terms of co-hosting today. Um, Hopefully Joel will be back next week. But um, normally at this point in the show, I will discuss what I'm drinking, but it's 11 o'clock in the morning. So I decided to (laughs) forego drinking alcohol. So sorry, folks. um, I just had a cup of coffee. So (laughs) not exciting. It's okay. I get triggered with alcohol. So it worked out great. (laughs) Yeah, no triggering. (laughs) Things keep getting better. 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 And now for the segment of our show that we call Fred Talks. In this segment of our show, Tony and I will each share one thing that we are interested in for about two minutes, though I tend to be a bit of a chatterbox, so that isn't a strict time limit. Tony, what do you? What fun fact do you have for us this week? Um, fun fact, I 
started out wanting to do film forever mm-hmm. and did not succeed. And uh, so now I'm a, I'm a published author, but then the company that published my book in 2013 got bought out by the lovely company Amazon. Oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, I just wrote another book um, called Spread Hope Like Fire, and it's, it's kind of like a daily devotional thing, but not religious. Mm-hmm. It's more like self-help and just, you know, a little... Daily affirmations or something? Yeah, something like that. Good word. I'll have to write that down. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, so I'm in the process of getting that self-published, mm-hmm. and that's a new journey for me. So cool. it's expensive. What was your book, your first book called? Renacops. Renacops. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, it's still available for right now, but the second edition is coming out. So uh, the book's called Renacops. The, it's available now through, I think, Amazon, because everything switched over to Amazon. They pulled it off pulled it off, and pulled it out of Barnes & Noble, and uh, so I obtained the rights back from it. So now I'm going to do a second edition, mm-hmm. and then once that is finalize it's gonna i'm pulling all the first editions off and then you'll be able to get it back in barnes and noble and everything oh cool so it's really raunchy it's oh my, raunchy nice. it's like my 18 year old self writing uh-huh. something really it's fun i mean i find it funny but it's you gotta have That's that cool. kind of sense of humor so but and then my second book is more family friendly uh-huh. so, less raunchy yeah less <laughs> raunch more uh, upbuilding messages and stuff um i guess since i'm 32 i think i'm 32 you probably are because you graduated in 2004 right yes i graduated 2002 yeah i'll be 33 this year see i'm getting old (laughs) fun fact i'm getting old years all flat by after a while i think after you hit 30 you don't just kind of don't really care it doesn't matter it doesn't really (laughs) but yeah that's a fun fact about me is i'm i was an author but now i'm self-published author which i i I take more pride in being a self-published author because you do it yourself yeah and you have to put in your own money and do all your own marketing and stuff so um i I take pride in always doing something that i can say i built even though Mm -hmm. i'm not i can't build tables or anything but i can build a good story or (sighs) tell a good joke or you know Build a good podcast, so, I mean, my podcast has taken off really well. and I, I feel like we're kindred spirits then, because I am not handy in the least bit, but I know how to... I'm a writer as well. I, I would love to one day publish a book. Maybe I'll pick your brain about that, but, yeah, I'm more of a wordsmith. I'm more of a thinker. Less than, like, a hands-on kind yeah, of guy. It's, I can't build a damn thing. I built this barbecue pit that's over here, but it's wobbly, <laughs> so we don't use it. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to set this place on fire. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I mean, I love telling stories. I love entertaining. I have a passion for comedy. I've always said I'm a student of comedy. I'm sort of a student of comedy. And nice. I have a beautiful fiance that she wanted me to make sure I mention on her, your podcast. Uh, okay. What's her name? Shirali. Shirali. Uh, small world, I guess. Jose knows her as well. Because I, I guess we all went to school, but I was really nerdy, so I only hung out in the science buildings. <laughs> I'll say I was really nerdy, too, and I hung out with all the drama nerds. Oh, okay. So, different buildings. Different building. <laughs> same nerd yeah. uh, affiliation. <laughs> so, yeah, we're engaged. You know, living the dream. Living the dream. My fun fact this week is the conversion of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Do you know who he is? Well, of course I know him. He's me. Yeah, I love him. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, played by Sir Alec Guinness. He, uh, of course, he's English, so he was 
raised in an Anglican church. And, uh, but then he went through a period of time where he was an atheist. He didn't have any faith whatsoever. And he kind of flirted with other ideologies like Marxism, Marxism and whatnot. But he actually ended up playing a role of a priest in a Father Brown series, which was filmed in France, G.K. Chesterton's Father Brown series. And as he was dressed in his priestly attire, I guess, he was approached by people, in particular a child, who all assumed that he was a priest and they treated him with a certain respect. And that convinced him, like, hey, maybe this religious thing isn't so bad after all. And that kind of started his conversion back to Christianity. I also thought that was really interesting. Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? He's considered the, the wisest of the Jedi, right? But in, in his own personal life, I guess he had some spiritual struggles. I think we all do. I. That's funny you mentioned that. I'm going through my own spiritual struggle right now. Oh, really? Yeah, uh, I grew up... In my podcast, I, and me and Stephanie, our mutual friend that... Um, me and Jose's mutual friend, I did a podcast with her yesterday, and we talked... We, we, come, we were brought up in the same religious background when we were younger, but uh, I don't want to mention it, so... Mm-hmm. But yeah, it really took us for a turn to... Uh, like, we both talked about how we, we, at one point, were atheists because of the whole experience of growing up in this church, and... Right. Uh, it's not Scientology, though. <laughs> not Scientology, no. And we'd be rich. <laughs> <laughs> or poor with all the, all the costs for auditing and whatnot. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I'm on my spiritual awakening, so mm-hmm. I, I've found, I found God again. So, I which mean, is good. Yeah. which is good for me. Um, if you, I always throw that out there. If that's not what for, what, if that's not what is comforting you, then, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever comforts you is, I mean, as long as you're not hurting anybody, I don't really care. We're all on a journey, you know, of of life. And as long as you just respect everybody. Yeah. It's all that really matters. I think. Yeah. At the end of the day, love one another. If you love one another, you've pretty much fulfilled uh, your obligation. I think (laughs) as a human being on this planet, pretty much. So, Tony the Beat and I are going to move into our main topic here. We are going to discuss mental health. Before we do so, I just I just want to throw out some interesting statistics I found online from the National Alliance on Mental Illness, um, NAMI, or NAMI, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. But according to the website, there are 43 million Americans who suffer from mental illness, some kind of mental health issue. Half of um, these people, their mental illness issues begin at age 14. By age 24, three-fourths of them are experiencing mental health issues. It, it seems like this is a bigger health issue than we want to talk about, right? I think uh, we know a lot of people in our lives who have mental health. Maybe we ourselves have some mental health issues, but we don't talk about it. Why, why is that? Like I said at the beginning, it's very stigmatized and going through my graduate program right now, we all talk about our our issues and we're all, we all suffer and I think that's why we've gotten into the field of mental health is to help others because we know what it's like to suffer. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's very stigmatized. Hollywood is stigmatized and stereotyped mm-hmm. a lot of mental health. Like you think of... Uh, Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. I'm not a smart man, but I know what love is. You think of um, that guy from Sling Blade? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Yeah. Billy Bob. Billy Bob, who loves fried taters. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
French fried potatoes. Yep, French fries. You think of, uh, you think of murderers. You think, uh, you just think these people are bad people, and they're mm. not. I mean, I'm not a bad person, and I have mental health issues. Um, Tony's wearing a Batman shirt, so clearly he's I mean, an yeah. awesome guy. <laughs> um, but it's just very stigmatizing. You're viewed as weak if you come out. And, and those statistics you just read, the, the weird thing about that is that's only reported. That's a good point. There's still a whole lot of people out there that will not even go to the doctor or mm-hmm. seek help. So there's a, it's, there's a variance in that statistic where there's people that haven't reported their mental health issues so there's quite there's probably quite a lot more out there and um it's just something that is um you're viewed as weak and you're viewed as crazy and you don't want people don't want to be around you Mm -hmm. but luckily for me i have a good set of friends that really don't they know who i am and they know how i how i am Mm -hmm. um and a lot of my friends do suffer from mental health and that's why i'm bringing them on the show that and i have a lack of uh other guests, so I'm reaching out <laughs> where I can to get guests under my sh- my show just to get the get their stories out and hopefully help at least one person. That's all I really wanted to do is yeah. help one person. But I've had an outpouring of so many more people telling me their stories and mm-hmm. wanting to come on my show, and it's really inspiring, and it it makes you feel good. Yeah. So, like you were saying, there's a social stigma that actually prevents people from reaching out. And a part of it is from a Hollywood. I think part of it also is just in our culture. Like, I, I know you've done a couple episodes on mass shootings. And do you think, um, like we were discussing with Michelle, right, about Route 91? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do, do you think that those, um, like, mass shootings or these events contribute to fear about um, um, mental illness? At this point, yes. I, I me and Michelle, had t- Michelle and I had talked about just simply going to the movie theater, I don't like going anymore, even though I told you, like, I was a f- big film person, and, yeah, I, like, it gives, after that Batman shooting, mm-hmm. that, that kid that went in there and shot everybody, it, it gave me really bad anxiety to go into the movie theaters, and when we do go, mm-hmm. when it's rare, it's very rare that the, I will, you know, agree to go, but... I make sure that we have to sit by the exit door that's locked so we can yeah. get out quicker. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, every man for themselves. Shirley, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're get out. <laughs> but um, I think it, it creates a fear in people and tr- triggers them. It triggers my anxiety, and I can't enjoy the movie, so mm-hmm. why go? I mean, um so there's that that anxiety, like you were saying. So someone who maybe has men, a mental health issue, then they, they are ostracized or isolated from the community because people are afraid, right? There's, they scapegoat these people like, oh, there's these shootings because people who have mental health issues are going crazy. But then I think some of that stigma is internalized. That's true. Um, by the person who has the issue. Yeah, it's um, it, it's just a trigger. It could be something completely different within each every, each and every person. So mine mm-hmm. would be just, you know, it, like you say, it's internalized. So, I mean, we live with it as we go on through life, but we don't talk about it. We don't, um, we don't really share it. So it's just internalized, and yeah. we live with it that way, and no one really wants to talk about it. So it's kind of me saying okay now it's time to talk about it and mm-hmm. there's so many outlets now that we can like uh, when we grew up we didn't have any of this no it's like 
you have all this access to, like, I always dreamed of making movies, and it was like, man, if I would have grown up in this era, I could have made so many movies, and I could have done all this, but, like, I was lugging around one of those big old cameras where you put the tape in. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah, so it's just... Now you can use your phone. Yeah, you can make movies with pretty much anything now, or just, there's so much out there that connects us all, and so, I mean... It's pretty awesome, and I think that being able to get the word out there and talk about it and have people talk about mental health is something that's really, really helpful on a podcast, because mm-hmm. podcasts have taken off so mu- so much within the last three to four years, because yeah. I remember listening to podcasts when they first came out, and I first yeah. got a smartphone, I'm like, what is this little thing, podcast, and it's like, so I started yeah. listening to all these different podcasts, and I've listened to them for years, and it's, so now I'm doing it, and it's it's a lot different being on the opposite end of it, learning yeah. how to do everything, and that's anxiety on its own. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, like, I, I love podcasts, I listen to a ton of them, and it was that desire to not just consume, but to also to create that kind of pushed me to um, really start this podcast with my buddy, Joel. Mahalo, Joel. Yes, Mahalo, Joel. He's in Hawaii, so that's perfect. But I listen to podcasts like The Nerdist, right? R.I.P. Yeah. to Chris Hardwick's career. Um, and WTF with Mark Marin. Yeah. And listening to the podcasts, and another podcast I love is Catching Foxes. But listening to podcasts really inspired me to um, start my own. It's like, well, what podcasts did you listen to? What inspired you? Oh, uh, he's going to love this. Uh, Colt Cabana. <laughs> boom, boom, Colt Cabana. He's, uh, I've known that guy for years. Um, wow. So another fun fact, I used to be a professional wrestler in high school. You were? You know Steve Molinelli? Ah, uh, his name sounds familiar. Okay, well, me and him started training. There was a wrestling school that came into town, and we ended up, oh, look at this flyer. We're becoming professional wrestlers or whatever. So I met Colt Cabana through wrestling back in, like, 2001. Mm-hmm. Well, he started his own podcast about pro wrestling, and just it's just chatting and talking, and it, it, he covers so many different things, and it's usually based around wrestling, but just, you know, addiction, mental health, um, struggling. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's a life podcast, as you would put it. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and um, I listened to his forever, and so, I mean, that and the old Loveline podcast, Oh, yeah, yeah. Radio show was a podcast available for a while, but then something happened where the rights got taken away. But those two really inspired me to get out there because uh, Colt was doing his podcast, and he he would talk about how just how how much fun it was and how he created all this other stuff. It was a creation of his along with his wrestling career. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, and then I messaged him, too, and... I had the I came up with the idea and told him you know I'm getting a podcast going so he was he's pretty excited about it so um, it's uh, mind blowing like I keep saying that mm-hmm. I started this little podcast and I, I I don't know I didn't I just learned that you could check stats oh I yeah I didn't know any of this mm-hmm. and so I was like oh okay well cool so I checked the stats I'm like what the hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> isn't that amazing to see like where people are listening how yeah. many are listening and just so. My, like, I've got people listening in Russia, 
Mm-hmm. I've got people listening in Puerto Rico. I've got people listening all across the country. I've got people in Canada, Mexico, France. And I was just kind of like, and it's not like just like one or mm-hmm. two. I'm like, how do people, or who are these people? Uh-huh. And if you're listening, I mean, I love that you're listening um, to Jose's podcast, my podcast. And it's it's just, it's taking off. And I didn't expect it to. I thought maybe like my mom and Charlie would listen to it. <laughs> yeah. That's <was> about it. <laughs> it's amazing how you put something out there creatively and you don't know how it's going to be received. And then when it's well received, it's, it's makes you feel good. Kind right? of. Kind me, of. It gives me more anxiety. It's like, okay, well, I got to keep doing this. Oh, I you gotta, get like performance anxiety? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I got to I gotta do better. I got to get better guests. Uh, my guests have been good, though. I mean, I'm oh, not good. saying not better, but more guests, more intense. Like, it, it just snowballs, and it's, mm-hmm. it's funny what you end up taking so little, and then it gets so so much bigger, and you don't. I don't know what to do with it half the time, so... On our podcast, we have a format, and I, I like having structure. But what about you? I, I mean, I've listened to um, just one of your podcasts, and I subscribed, and I'm going to be listening now um, regularly. But what's kind of your structure? I have, you have no any? structure at all. I can't do structure. I tried doing that. Um, I had my show notes all lined up, and there's one episode that you could totally tell mm-hmm. I'm reading. Uh-huh. And that I'm going by a format, and I listen to it, and I'm like, I'm not redoing this. I'm just putting it out there, <laughs> and I'm never going to do this format again. I'm just going to start talking, and that's nice. just it's I just natural. start. Yeah, I just start talking, and that's how we. That's what I record, and whatever I get, I get. I edit it together, and then when I have guests, because I do Tuesdays, me Thursdays, me and a guest. Oh, so twice a week. Yeah. I can barely do one a week. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of rethinking that. So it might just drop down to once a week. Mm-hmm. But I like to keep it under an hour because I don't, for me personally, I can't listen to a podcast that goes on longer than an hour because then yeah. I get sidetracked or whatever. And then it takes me like a few days just to listen to it. And I think 45 minutes to an hour is a sweet spot. Yeah. So, but I, I have things I want to say. Mm-hmm. And then there's a lot of things that my guests my guests say, and I want them to have their time. So I ended up doing two mm-hmm. two shows. So I mean, oh, yeah. right now it's manageable. I'm just going to school. So I mean, um, it might drop down. I don't know yet. It's just something that I'm doing as of right now. I mean, it's yeah. not set in stone of what's going to happen. I might end up doing it professionally for five days mm-hmm. a week. Who knows? Well, that's the other thing. So your podcast, Spread Hope Like Fire, you also have a Patreon account. Oh, yeah. I have a Patreon account. Uh, (laughs) I forget about that. Plug in the Patreon. Yeah. My Patreon (laughs) account is patreon.com forward slash spread hope like fire. I, like I said, I don't know what I'm doing and I'm learning as I go. Mm -hmm. So I guess you had to create tiers of people's entry level of what kind of patron they want to be. So I made it simple. Just one dollar. And then it jumps to five, then it jumps to ten, and you know I just kept going. Uh-huh. And you know I just view it as a virtual tip jar. That's mm-hmm. all it really is is something to help me. I mean, it gets expensive to when you have to upgrade your gear or spend your time editing and um, like my right. my MacBook ended up dying on me, so I had to get a new one. <sighs> so just a lot of things, but you know I'm I'm willing to put my own money into it because I, I love what I'm doing. So if yeah. I can afford it. Right now, then you know I'm willing to do it, and 
It is expensive. I mean, I, I edit on GarageBand, but you know, I if it, you it want a sponsor, time. if you want to sponsor Jose GarageBand, more than help, he's more than happy <laughs> to take the sponsorship. Please, GarageBand, give me your give me your app money. <laughs> but it, it's time consuming, so I'll, it, it'll take me a, a few hours to edit an, uh, an, a, a podcast. Yeah, um, it takes me forever because I have a dog that will not leave me alone. <laughs> And so she wants me to rub her, so I'm, like, rubbing and trying to listen. And and since I come from the background of film, I was an editor for a long time. Mm-hmm. Not professional, but like, that's, well, what that's is part the, of it. one of the things I really enjoyed was editing. So I, like, seriously will listen to the episode three or four times mm-hmm. before I even decide to finalize it. And I take out and cut and mix, and it's, it's a new experience. And... I really enjoy it. Yeah, I, I I do that as well. I, if I have a long pause, I'll cut the pause. If I keep saying uh, I'll cut the uhs, and I, I will drop in little pop cultural references. Oh, there will be an Obi Wan reference in here. Okay. Yeah. These aren't the droids you're looking for. These aren't the droids we're looking for. That's good. Makes it more fun, but it takes time um, for sure. And, and, and you know. Every episode, every week, Joel and I will drink a beer. Maybe Good I need times. To, maybe I should do a Patreon account so I can have our guests tip us so we can get some beer. Yeah, beer start money. A, start a Patreon account. It's a it's a virtual tip jar. But um, yeah, I, I love doing. I love this whole podcasting experience. Joel and I have become really. We've always been really good friends, but this has actually brought us closer together because we've been able to kind of bond weekly. Versus like, hey, how's it going? At, you know, we talk at work or what have you. But yeah. This has really brought us together over drinks <laughs> at his house. Well, see, you're lucky you have a guest. I mean, you have a co-host. I don't. Mine's just straight up just me talking to myself. See, here I'm now by myself uh, uh, talking to myself. And what I have to say and just... Mine's more, I think, a therapy session with my listeners. Mm-hmm. And that's what I... So I share what's going on with me throughout the week and what's bothering me. And it's kind of like a therapy session, mm-hmm. which is why I did the second episode per week. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very candid, and I'm not afraid to share my life with people. You're open. I'm very open. I'm like the Kardashians, I guess. It's not as rich. Well, Kim might be a little too open. But, uh... <laughs> no pun intended. No. <laughs> but, uh... really. <laughs> but, um, I mean, but, uh, but, you know, for you, I, I think it's great that you have your podcast and you talk about these issues because, like you said, there's a stigma. And by talking about it, you're shedding light on it. And it's just, it's, it's that slow erosion of the stigma, right? So it's instead of looking at these people as scapegoats or looking at them with fear or like a sense like, ooh, they're dangerous, it's like, oh, these are just. Regular people. Regular people. This is my brother. This is my cousin. This is my neighbor. Right? And no one's perfect. We all have issues. You know, like, maybe, you know, I have something wrong with me. I, I, I definitely have anxiety issues. I think we all do. It's a, it's a, it's a society-wide cultural thing, I think, for us in the United States, because that's just how we are. We're driven to work. Mm-hmm. We're driven to succeed. We have this thing called the American Dream. Yeah, and it's like for everybody else, it's it's always you have to get you have to one up the other person, or you have to just yeah. keep. It's just it's keeping a, up with the Joneses. Yeah, so keeping up with the Kardashians now. 
<laughs> I don't want to keep up with it. No, no I'm, I'm good. I don't like that. <laughs> stop, stop bringing them up. <laughs> yeah, I'm, this is the second Kim Kardashian reference. Um, Sorry. No, that's pretty funny, actually. Um, but so, so for myself, like I have anxiety issues. And for me, I, I just have used humor. Like you mentioned earlier that you love yeah. comedy. For me, humor has been a way to deal with my anxiety. Like I'll, I make, I love self-deprecating jokes. To me, self-deprecation, you know, keeps me in check. <laughs> but it also is a way to deal with things, like to shed laughter on things, I think, takes away its power. That's true. I think um, humor and making light of the situation is something that really helps me. Some people don't get it. Mm-hmm. Like, I had a really, really tough childhood, and I can sit and make jokes about it, and people look at me and, like, that's not even funny. That's very depressing and sad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I was the one that lived it. You were, I'm telling you the story. What do you right. mean? It's like, it's my story. Like, you need to calm down. It's funny to me now. I mean, I had a crazy dad that was on drugs. Mm-hmm. And having to deal with that alone was just... You know, I make a lot of jokes about him, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't talk to him anymore, but I mean, wherever he's at, you know, I like Hope to be listening to the podcast. Yeah, become a patron. <laughs> yeah, be a on Tony's dad, be a patron. You owe me some child support, <laughs> just a dollar a month, <laughs> the um, lowest tier. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, humor, I think, I think I have the, the comedic soul i have a comedian soul because they deal they deal with so much mentally because mm-hmm. i was a big drinker when i was younger but it, it was triggering me to become an alcoholic and i had to stop mm-hmm. and then it was triggering me with my depression anxiety so it was spiraling spiraling out of control yeah and so i just stopped and most you know you hear about comedians they, they tell a lot of jokes about themselves mm-hmm. And people find it funny, but it's really, it's hurtful to us, but that's how we deal with it. Yeah. A couple episodes ago, my brother and I did a podcast. Um, we did an episode on horror films. And um, in that discussion, we kept coming back to comedians who are making horror films. So John Krasinski, right? Jim Helper from The yeah, Office. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did A Quiet Place. Um, Jordan Peele, he did Get Out. And Danny McBride. Right? Yeah. He's doing the Halloween movie. There's something about comedians. They're hilarious. They're funny. But there's also a dark side. Yeah. I have a very dark side myself. Not like I'm going to hurt you. Yeah. But, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I I will isolate myself and I will live in my head a lot of the times. And it's not a, it's not a good place to be. Me, like, people say they're going to take some me time. Mm-hmm. I can't. I can't do that. I can't be with myself and my own thoughts because then I will. I'll go to those dark places, which right. is weird mm-hmm. for a lot of people. But for me, that's normal. So I don't like. I have to kind of stay busy, and if I don't stay busy, then I'm in those dark places. And I think comedians too. That's why they write a lot, and they're always thinking yeah. and always trying to create material. Create just create something other than the madness that's inside their head. Yeah. And that's me. I'm always trying to create. I'm always trying. Like, um, my book, Rent-A-Cops, was um, at one point a script that I shopped around Hollywood for about a year and got rejected by everyone. And it 
got stolen. It got stolen? Yeah. The script? So there's a movie out there, I'm not going to mention, that is my movie that made half a billion dollars. And they legit wow. ripped it off of me. Uh-huh. So I said, screw that, and I stopped. I stopped all of my filming and mm-hmm. my passion and whatever, and I was lost for a lot of years. And so I didn't create, and I was in a very dark place, mm-hmm. not creating anything. And then one day at, like, 2 in the morning, I got up, and I just started writing, and I said, F them, and... You can use profanity. Oh, okay. okay. Mine you can't. Okay, good. No <laughs> profanity, okay? I don't want to drop the F-bomb on your show. So, yeah, I was like, F them, and I pounded out Brenna Cops the book mm-hmm. in about a month. And I'm very proud of that book, and I'm very proud of the sales it did, and I'm very proud that I got to share my version of that movie. Right, right. So, I mean, uh, a takeaway from that was don't let anybody else ruin your dreams, even if it's stealing your work. Mm-hmm. Like, who cares? It's something that happens, and don't let... You have to own your feelings. That's what it came down to. Well, that's what it came yeah. down to me, is own your feelings. Don't let. Don't give your feelings away to other people, and don't get discouraged at something you really love. Just keep doing it. I think that's a good point, own your feelings. Um, I think there's a difference between acknowledging and owning your feelings and being justified in your feelings. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. So I, I meet people all the time where anger is like the number one issue where people, I think, feel justified. That person made me angry or that person did this to me. That person pissed me off. Right. And I think anger is a legitimate emotion, but... I think at the same time, we we can control how how we respond. That is very true. Um, It's never, to me, I always think of it now as it's never that person pissed me off. It's, am I letting that person get to me? Am I letting that person put me down or whatever it may be? You know, someone may say something to me that may be hurtful. And it's, it's you taking in that information and putting it towards... Well, you're going to let it affect you or you're not going to let it affect right. you. And, um, you know, like going to sc- going back to school at my late 20s to get my bachelor's degree, a lot of people said a lot of weird things to me about, oh, you're going to go back to school? Are you going to become a doctor now? Oh. It's like, well, now I'm going to get my bachelor's degree. And I was like, it was hurtful. And then I was like, well, screw you guys. They're just, it's, it's them sharing their, showing their weakness mm-hmm. and their failure. Right. I think to a certain extent is when they start putting you down and start demeaning you in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Putting you down to build themselves up. Yeah, so it's like, don't let them... I've gotten to the point, it's like, I don't really care what people think anymore. Because mm-hmm. I think I'm in my 30s, it's like, yeah, when we were kids, we kind of thought we would always, you know, worry about what people thought or... Yeah. Uh, now it's just, I think I got to that point in my mid-20s, it's like, I don't really, I don't really give a shit anymore it's like uh-huh. I, don't, I don't care what i like is what i like what i do is what i do i, I work with junior high school students i teach english seventh, oh, seventh so grade english sorry about that right, right over here at el camino actually okay. but um man if you want to talk about people caring what other people think junior high it's a cesspool of posturing um trying to fit in following the crowd ostracizing those who don't fit in. It's like a training ground for, like, the worst traits of our society, I think. That is weird. That's That brings back a lot of uh, memories of junior high for me. You experienced some of those then? Yeah, because I was always uh, a nerd. I never fit in, and it was always, like... Uh, so I had very little friends, and I think at a point now in life, it's like, well, I'm glad I don't have that many friends because... 
Mm-hmm. The little amount of friends you have are really the true friends you're gonna you're gonna keep. Right. The more friends you have, it doesn't mean anything. It's not a popularity contest, and I, I, that's what I've learned. Is like, at one point, I had all kinds of all kinds of friends, and they mm-hmm. all just kind of started dropping off, and you get to know who's really there for you. Yeah, that's definitely true. And I think okay, so to get back to the topic of um, you know mental health issues, I think we have to build these support networks. Right? Yes. For people with these issues, whether it's schizophrenia, anxiety, bipolar, whatever the issues are, we need to support people rather than, you know, pushing them away or being afraid of them or judging them. That is true. Um, there's a very cool experiment. It has to deal with addiction, and addiction mm-hmm. can be transcended into other forms of mental health like schizophrenia or drug addiction or alcoholism or bipolar disorder or you you can transcend that into anything really Mm -hmm. mental health wise it's called rat park and if you want to check it out it's on youtube just type in rat park and it'll come up there was a scientist in the 70s who did an experiment he put a rat uh-huh. In a cage with one, like those little drippers of water. Uh-huh. On the left side was regular water, on the right side was water laced with cocaine. <laughs> and they wanted to see what wow. the rat would do. Well, uh-huh. the rat decided to drink all the water with the cocaine and OD and died. Wow. Then there was another scientist in the recently that did um, the same experiment. Mm-hmm. But he built this huge cage, and it's called Rat Park. Mm-hmm. And he put all this stuff in there for, I think there was like 12 to 15 rats. Mm-hmm. And it was like things they could run around on, things they can do, things they could socialize with. And um, they had put four drippers of water, two with just pure water, two laced with cocaine. Mm-hmm. Only one rat decided to die from the cocaine-laced water, and that was because... They had built a, a society and a system of support mm-hmm. that they could all gather around and support one another. And also, they had all these other things that they could use uh, for support systems, like running around on that wheel. Right. And it, it just goes to show that support systems and building these these communities is something that's really needed within the mental health community mm-hmm. and uh, Michelle brought up a big point too and she says you have all these communities you have like the LGBTQ community you have all these other communities I can't think of anymore <laughs> it's like disabled yeah in disabled. some way or another yeah, yeah so deaf community yeah you have the deaf community you have all these communities and mental health mm-hmm. you have a community but we're very silent about we're not very much acknowledged or talked about mm-hmm. we're kind of just pushed to the side and you get more empathy from people with within other communities mm-hmm. that we've mentioned, and ours isn't really. And we're still a community, so we're trying. Yeah. I'm trying to be an advocate to the community that I'm part of. Yeah, and support systems and being in place, whether it's just even family taking the time yes. to support that one person in the family that needs that help. There's always going to be people within families that are going to need more help than others, but mm-hmm. it's it's being there for one another that helps that family get through what they need to get through. Yeah, and I think because of the stigma and there's also a lack of education, these networks, these, you know, mental health support networks aren't really 
coming together, like you said, and having a voice. What, what are some ways that we can kind of build networks? I mean, I, I think education is key. For example, teaching people to be careful in how they speak about mental health issues or to refer to someone who has mental health issues. Right now, I think the best support out there is the actual support groups that people are in. Mm -hmm. But branching out, they're open groups. Some of them are. Some of them aren't open groups. Some of them are closed. Um, It's just Googling what's in the area. Mm-hmm. Or just educate, getting more education on, like, okay, so I keep bringing up schizophrenia. Uh, get, what do you think, Jose, as uh, percentage-wise of the people that are diagnosed with schizophrenia are uh, violent people? Oh, man. I don't know. 5%? <laughs> I'm aiming low. Uh, that's uh, that's kind of high. Really? It's, it's like point nine 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 eight. It's not even 1%. Uh-huh. Of people with schizophrenia that are violent. Uh huh. Oh wow. Sounds high. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. So you were you were still you're a little high, but people think that 100% of people with schizophrenia they're going to hurt me, and it's uh-huh. not true. Well, do you think it's because there are homeless people on the street with mental health issues who aren't being um, served, and they seem a little scary? Yeah, that's true. That's another thing on my podcast is I always say don't pass judgment on people that you don't know and you don't know their situation. Mm-hmm. Like the homeless, a lot of it does play into um, addiction. A lot of them are – it starts out as some sort of trauma, mm-hmm. grows into a mental health disorder, which grows into addiction because these people don't want to feel the pain that they're going through and right. they're suffering. So they self-medicate. So, yeah. So what they do is they self-medicate, and it's hard for them to deal with these feelings and emotions they have. And for me, I mean, I don't want to deal with my anxiety most of the time, but I I know Uh how to deal with it in a healthy way and not go towards, you know, using drugs. And even though I am on on prescribed medicine, and I always tell people if you that's what's going to help, Mm-hmm. Make sure to you reach out and try to try it. I mean, there's a lot of people that say no, don't try it. But I mean, as long as you're using it prescribed or whatever, right? If it's gonna help, it helps me. So I mean, and it's better than going out and using heroin or meth or any of those other drugs because you don't know what's in those drugs really. And right. You can end up dying from that, but and, the, and you can have. Brain damage because of those drugs, yeah, which could lead to further mental health issues. Yeah, it, it deteriorates your complete your body, your mind, and your soul. Mm-hmm. And um, I always, I don't know, I take extra precautions as to what I view when I see people. I used to be very harsh on people when I'd see them out on the streets begging for money, or oh, they're just homeless, or they're just drug addicts, or. You know, and now it's now that I'm more educated about the topic, it's right. like oh, I can help them if I if I have a couple bucks. You know, even if they are using it to whatever they're going to use it for, it's just me trying to help them or me just talking to them. Like um, I have a guest coming up. Uh, do you know Tim, the Santa Maria Running Man? I do. I've seen him around. Okay. So, He's a shirtless dude, right? Yes. He runs around. Okay, so people that are in the Santa Maria area, if you've seen Tim, the Santa Maria running man, you know who I'm, or who we're talking about. Um, that guy's epic. Yeah. 
people were scared of him. And I was like, no, 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 no. You can't be scared of this guy. He's not on drugs. You, I, I knew for a fact he wasn't on drugs. I said, because uh, if you're on drugs, you're going to be running every day, <laughs> miles and miles and miles like he uh-huh. does. Yeah. And uh, I made it a point to go talk to him. And I finally talked to him and heard his story, and uh-huh. he, he's a recovering addict, and he's in his maintenance phase, which is cool. I mean, he's swapping out his drug abuse for running. For the physical high. Yeah, and so it's like people are still scared of him, and it's like, no, he's he's a really cool guy. Like, you just need to stop to talk to these people. Uh-huh. I mean, don't make it a point. I'm not saying go talk to every homeless person or every person <laughs> right. on the street, but... Use good judgment. Just, you know, don't pass judgment on people that you don't know their story. Well, I think that's a good point, because so many of these people, these unfortunate souls, if you will, who are on the street, people do pass judgment on them, and they don't want to encounter them. So in a way, they lose their humanity, right? They dehumanize they them. Exactly. And so we deny them the dignity that they are due. And I think just by saying, even if you don't engage in a full-on conversation, just a smile, nod, hello. And maybe, yeah, if you have a chance, engage them. So I, I used to go to Denny's and um, to do my homework when I was in college. And I, I would come with books and my computer. I would do my research. I would do my writing. And homeless people would come in at you know midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. And uh, there was this lady who did freak me out and, and would make the hairs on my arm on my arm stand up because she would come in and she would talk to herself and she would say the most evil stuff. Okay. <laughs> it was horrible. But I had to be very, um, I, I guess I had to go against my instinct and I would talk to her and be very kind to her. Even though she would sit kind of close to me and she would say things like, I'm going to cut your face off. Not like to me, just to herself. Just to herself. And I, you know, this poor person, she probably needs... She's homeless. Yeah. And she probably needed someone to take care of her. She needed to be medicated. But I would just say things like, how are you? You know, it's a good night. You know, whatever. Just talk. You know, I mean, how many people walk by her throughout the day without even acknowledging her existence? Small things like that, I think, kind of go a long way. There, uh, that The homeless community, is a, it's a forgotten community, mm-hmm. too. It's, it's very taboo yeah. in our society. They don't want to be... They're stigmatized, too, to a certain extent, and they're mm-hmm. suffering their problems, and they're they're just trying to get by. I mean, yeah, if they're on drugs or whatever, it's because of something. There's always a cause to the symptom, mm-hmm. and so their symptoms are, you know, drug use, but there's a cause to it. And if there was more money put into, I think, try to alleviate all these mental health problems mm-hmm. we would see a lot less mass shootings i think a lot less homeless people a lot of less families broken up but it's just putting money into educate doing education and spreading the word about what mental health really is and mm-hmm. how to provide more access and more yeah um more outlets for people to actually come in and get the help they need. Yeah, I think they need to start. I think as a society, you know, we're very health conscious, you know. Yeah. Take care of yourself, get health insurance, do all this stuff. Well, we focus so much on our physical health, but there's really not the same emphasis put on mental health, right? And I, I think as a society, we need to start moving that direction of, yeah, go get your physical, you know, make sure you're in good health. Also, Maybe you need to go and have a mental health screening. Maybe you need to have some 
counseling or therapy to deal with your, you know, anger issues towards your parents or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Just, we need to put our mental health on par with our physical health. I think it, too, is a generational thing. We're considered millennials. Mm-hmm. And so I think that our generation and the newer generations are more open into talking about their feelings mm-hmm. as opposed to the older generations. They don't because in my experience especially with the podcast trying to get people that are older than me to come on and talk about certain things or their feelings or their personal things they don't want to talk about it really they like refuse and i've asked i think i've only had one one person agree to come on the show that we're still working on a time but he's he's open to coming on and talking about his feelings because his son passed away from a drug overdose so he's willing to come on and and share and but I've I've approached other people that are older and it's well, I don't be on your podcast no what's a podcast <laughs> what's a podcast oh wow is that like YouTube yeah <laughs> is that like that MySpace thing you kids are doing <laughs> that's MySpace yeah so um, but I think it's a generational thing I think as the generations grow up hopefully they right the wrongs of the past mm-hmm. which is what I'm hoping for Marty. You've got to come back with me. Where? Back to the future. Wait a minute, Doc. What are you talking about? And what happens to us in the future? It's your kids, Marty. Something's got to be done about your kids. Well, it's kind of like PTSD, right? We, a lot of times, they'll diagnose veterans who come home from war with PTSD, right? Or at least they'll do some kind of PTSD screening. Back in the day, shell-shocked. Well, you know, that's just grandpa. Or after World War II, we don't talk about the war anymore, just... Do what daddy tells you to. Swept under the rug. Not discussed. And you're right. It is generational now. We're like, let's deal with this. Let's have support groups. Let's reach out and help these um, veterans with these issues. Yeah, but I like to bring up a big fact is the military does not want anything to do with mental health at all. They're very anti-mental health. Oh, really? Yes. To this day, they still are. The uh, diagnostic mental, uh, what is the DSM-5 that came, uh-huh. that came out, they had a lot of people trying to negotiate PTSD and a lot of health issues that soldiers come back with, oh, change it from a disorder, it's not a disorder to this, so that uh-huh. we can keep sending these people out. I see. And yeah. that's how the military is. To the, minimize the impact of war. Yeah, and they don't want to acknowledge that, you know, going out and killing mass amounts of people, kids, women, in other countries has an effect on you. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. wouldn't come back being... You're not the same. The same if I had to do and see a lot of the things they did. So, I mean, they yeah, they don't want to deal with the mental health issues. And it's been like that since um, World War One. They yeah. didn't even want to call it shell shock. That's Yeah, that's true. It, it's... Well, it's, they're just, you know... They're weak. They're weak, exactly. And that's just how it is, so... I mean... And we still live with that, and it's hard It's hard to overcome. Because you're not... As human beings, I'm getting on my high horse, we're not meant to kill each other. No, it's true. It's, uh, it's You're not meant to kill another human being. That's animal instinct. Mm-hmm. And we're higher than animals. So... We're better than that. I, I, I hate to say better than, but... It, we try to be. We try to be, right? But um, So I guess we should try to um, wrap up here. So any final thoughts you'd like to share regarding um, mental health? No, just try not to pass judgment and try to get some sort of uh, 
if you have questions, just Google it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many people, so many times you can just Google simple things and try to get as much information out of it as you possibly can. And if you have a family member that's out there that needs help, try to talk to them or try to push them towards getting help. I mean, it's hard, but that's really all I ever say is stay humble and try to help others. Yeah. And I think also to add to that, like, if you yourself are suffering with mental illness, mental health issues, don't be in denial about it. Yeah, don't be Get afraid. Help. Don't be afraid of reaching out and getting help. That's It'll change your life. I went through therapy for years, and um, it changed my life to where I am now. And I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention um, that, you know, when you look at the suicides in this country, 90% of them, um, there's some kind of underlying mental health issue. And so there's a direct correlation there. And, and, and I really think that, um, you know, if, if that's something that you're considering or you're thinking, please reach out. Um, what's, the, what's the lifeline number? Do you know what uh, 1-800-273-8255, National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And I think that's so important because, you know, recently we had... I like to also, if you go on their website, you can chat with them. You don't have to call them. So, I mean... Technology has really changed. If you're scared to talk to someone, you can do it. You can be a keyboard warrior and talk to them over yeah. the keyboard. And I mean, if that's what's going to help, just know that there's always a solution to a temporary problem. Yeah. Not an abs- Don't take the absolute way of ending something permanently. Permanently, and take a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah, that's that's really well said. And, and again, you know, we look at people like Anthony Bourdain, never saw that coming, coming, right? Kate Spade, Robin Williams, Hunter S. Thompson. You go down the line, these people who had issues, and it was invisible to the rest of us. Yeah, the weird thing about suicide is people that commit suicide will not bring it up, will not say they're going to, will not have a plan that you find, will not. They just do it. Mm-hmm. And that's usually how it is. Which is really unfortunate. So, yeah, please um, help those who are suffering from mental illness or if you yourself are. We really encourage you to um, get help. You're not alone. You are not alone. So as we wrap up here, um, I, just, I like to end with one thing that you're reading or you're watching or listening to. Anything going on this um, week? No, right now I'm doing edits on my book. That's really all I'm reading, writing, or uh, right now I'm doing child abuse, a child abuse class. So I'm reading a lot of crazy things I don't want to read about, which is child oh, abuse, wow, and yeah. it's hard. So I guess if uh, I could say one thing entertaining, The Office. I always watch The <laughs> Office. I've never gotten over that society teaches us that having feelings and crying is bad and wrong well that's a baloney because grief isn't wrong there is such a thing as good grief this asked charlie brown yeah i just started it last night it's my millionth time watching it on netflix i never i've never (laughs) stopped watching it since it came out (laughs) the other night i watched um Inside Out, Pixar movie from 2015. Okay. It's a depressing movie. <laughs> it is in a, in a way, but I think... Poor Bing Bong. Oh, my goodness. Spoiler alert. Spoiler, Spoiler alert. Woo! Bing Bong! We did it! We... 
bing bong? <laughs> and I think that was perfectly timed because, you know, we're having this conversation now. And um, when you have an imbalance of your emotions or maybe imbalance in your um, mental functions or what have you, it can lead to things like depression. It can lead to things like just this deep sadness. And that's what was happening to Riley. Um, and at the end of the film, I, spoiler, if you haven't seen um, Inside Out, what the hell's wrong with you? Go watch it. Yeah, it's a good movie. It's been out for like three years, people. Come on. But um, it's, it's all about finding balance in your emotions, right? So it can't just be happy all the time. You can't just be joyful all the time. There are times where you will be disgusted or angry or you'll have sadness. And it's about finding um, a healthy balance of experiencing those emotions, but at the same time having control over them so that they don't take control over you. I think that joy without sadness is just banal. Yeah. yeah but then sadness without joy is just despair. Sadness. Mom and Dad, the team, they came to help. Because of sadness. So, yeah, that movie's for little kids, but there's a really deep message in there for us all, I think. It's a good movie. Two thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all for this week. Thank you so much for joining us on our humble little podcast. You could do us a huge favor by subscribing to our show wherever you listen to podcasts, such as Stitcher, Podbean, Google Play, or iTunes. And please be sure to rate our show and leave a review. Your rating will help others find this show. And be sure to find us on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation on Tap. Thank you for listening, and thank you for joining us, Tony. Thank you for having me. Woo! And be sure to go check him out at Spread Hope Like Fire. Where else can they find you? Overcast. They can find me on YouTube. I post the podcast on there as well. You can email me half the time if you want to ever just talk. It's uh, TonyTheBeat85 at gmail.com. Uh, I'm always looking for guests. And just if you ever want to just talk or reach out, I'm always free to talk. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see all of you next week. Salud. Adios.